Well, sir, it's late afternoon as we enter the small house halfway up in the next block now. And here in the kitchen, we find Mr. Victor Gook and his son, Mr. Rush Gook. The latter is seated beside the sink, studying algebra. Vic has just this moment arrived home from the office, and he's standing near the gas stove, removing his coat. Listen. Who's in the living room? Mr. Erickson. Oh, ecstasy, our adorable landlord. I think he's just leaving. Heard him and Mom walk into the hallway a minute ago. What business they got on the dock this afternoon? Upstairs wallpaper? Wouldn't be surprised. Mr. Erickson had a roll of something under his arm that looked like samples. I guess I won't go in and greet my darling landlord. I'm always uncomfortable in his presence. Go on now, anyway. Just heard the front door slam. You studying algebra? Glancing over to Mars' assignment is all. If you can produce a pack of greasy cards, I'll take you in on a, rum, a game of rummy. Okay. Let's go in the living room. Was that your father just coming in, Rush? Hello, Sadie. I see by the paperwork Cumper Seeple Gitch plans to crumble up Whisker Breach. What? Rush tells me the yop on the dookie has got him and sap. Craziness, huh? Yeah. You dismissed Mr. Erickson. So I understand. Did he bring some wallpaper samples? Yeah. Oh, darn it. Left him in on the library table. Want to be a nice boy, Rush? <laughs> okay. Needn't bring them all. Just bring the two you'll see spread out. Okay. He's come through at last. Erickson? Brought some beautiful wallpaper samples. Very, very attractive designs. And fine quality, too. Hee-hee. <laughs> More than that, he's willing to get the work started upstairs without any more delay. I can scarcely believe it. I almost fell over backward when he told me. Has some change taken place in the chemistry of Erickson's soul? Has some inner radiance found its way to the dark recesses of Erickson's muddy spirit? No, Vic. He's the same old landlord. Huh? There's a catch. No. Catch as big as a horse. I might have known that first shot out of the box. Thanks, Willie. These the ones? Mm-hmm. See how pretty? Enchanting wallpaper. Enchanting wallpaper. I don't pretend to be any authority on wallpaper, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised if this isn't as good wallpaper as money can buy. Hmm. Both these designs suit me to a T. Either one of them would look grand upstairs. Mm-hmm. Which one you like best? Well, this baby seems the more colorful. Yes, I think so myself. I like that in the best. I couldn't have found anything I liked better if I'd hunted high and low for nine years. Well, what's the catch? If a ton of coal was to fall on you, Vic, you wouldn't be able to guess. Tell me, then. Well, Erickson come in here all axle grease and peach butter. I might have known he had something up his sleeve just by the looks of him. Anyway, he started out by saying there had been enough delay about this upstairs wallpaper business, and he'd like to get busy and get it hung. And, Mrs. Gook, I brought a few samples I thought you might fancy. He disarmed you with his charm. Well, not completely. I'm on to his stunts. I just stood and waited to see which way the cat would jump. Would you be interested in the source of that quotation, ma'am? No. But, by gollies, pretty soon he did have me disarmed with his charm. He produced these lovely, lovely samples, see? I could tell at a glance they were wonderful quality. Mm. I loved the designs and was suited to a tee. Mm. And all the while, Mr. Erickson was talking along about how he was sorry he'd delayed so long, but now that I had something I was satisfied with, there was no reason why we shouldn't get going with the work. Mm. <laughs> 
Then he sprung the joker. Then he sprung the joker. You people interested in the source of that quotation? We'd like to talk a second, Marsh, please. Oh. What was the joker, CD? I'll tell you what Erickson told me. Go ahead. Miss Gook, it just so happens my son-in-law know people is something of a handyman. Uh-oh. Catch on already? I have a glimmer. Is it Erickson's idea to have his son-in-law hang the wallpaper and save money on labor? Yes. <laughs> He's the same old landlord, Sadie. The same sweet, lovable old landlord. Can the leopard change his spots? I expect nobody's interested in the source of that quotation either. Stove poker, old sealing wax. Uh-huh. I suggest you take all those sources and quotations and junk that you're so familiar with and put them in your hat and then pull your hat down over your ears. Uh-huh. Tell me more about my darling old landlord's great-hearted magnanimity. Having his son-in-law hang our upstairs wallpaper to get out of spending money for regular workmen is only a little tiny part of the stunt. They bear the whole bitter truth. His son-in-law isn't free until around midnight. And the significance of that? Do you want fellas slopping around with buckets of wallpaper paste in your bedroom from 12 o'clock till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning? No. That's the significance of it. Well, what's... Simply this. Mr. Erickson's son-in-law, Noah Feeple, Beulah's husband, is a telegraph operator. Telegraph operators work shifts. Noah's is from 3 o'clock in the afternoon until 11 o'clock at night. By the time he gets home, has a bite to eat... Changes into his overalls and walks over here. It'll be midnight or after. Hey, hey. We're generally in bed a long time before that. A keen observation, Flyswatter. Uh-huh. Miss Cook, my son-in-law is something of a handyman. He knows us mattering up plumbing, carpentry, paper hanging, watch repairing, and almost anything you can think of that requires manual dexterity. <laughs> Manual dexterity. Wonder how that's stuck in my head. Manual dexterity is a fourteen dollar phrase. I'll say. Beulah too, he went on, is very clever. I think the three of us, Noah, Beulah, and myself, could wind up the job in less than a week, working, say, four hours of an evening. Quit about daylight, huh? I suppose. Erickson's the sweetest landlord in all the world. We must catch him some day and smother him with kisses. I don't want that. Foolish face, Noah people sloshing around my upstairs with buckets of paste at four o'clock in the morning. I don't want big fat Beulah on the premises either. Nor old Erickson rubbing his hands and smiling and pussyfooting in and out of clothes closets. Mm. Other people get wallpaper without misery. Take Miss Scott next door. She made Erickson paper her upstairs three weeks after they moved in the house. How'd she accomplish it? Had regular paper hangers to do the work, too. It wasn't a family party where the landlord and all his relations come skulking around at midnight with their buckets of paste. How'd she accomplish it? Because <laughs> she's smarter than I am. I'll tell you how she accomplished it, Gov. Okay. She used force. She says, Erickson, I want the upstairs papered and I want it papered immediately. Mr. Erickson began to hem and haw and beat about the bush, just like he does with mine. Miss Guy says... Erickson, I want my upstairs papered immediately, or I move out. <laughs> Even went so far as to drag a suitcase down from the shelf and start to pack it. Told nicer to go up in the attic and bring down the trunk. Yeah. In another second, she'd have gone to the telephone and ordered a moving van. Sure. Say, there's a woman that don't fool. Mr. Erickson had paper hangers on the job that very afternoon. Hmm. 
I couldn't get away with that, Vic. I'm not the type. I couldn't tell Erickson to either paper my upstairs or look for another renter. He'd appreciate I didn't mean it. Goodness, I don't want to move. This is my home, and I like it here, and I just don't want to move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what was up, Shot Mine? Are Beulah and people and Erickson going to come here at midnight and stay till four o'clock in the morning, slashing around with buckets of paste, uh-uh. while you and Gov and myself try to get some sleep with all the lights turned on bright? No. The neighbors wondering what the heck's going on? No, nothing like that's going to happen. Matter's still up in the air? Matter's still up in the air. You're no closer to getting your upstairs paper than you ever were, huh? Not a speck closer. Deadlock. Deadlock. Maybe next time I see Erickson, I'd best paste him one upside this snoot. Hmm. What you think? Oh, I don't care. I'll carefully grasp him by the coat collar. I'll draw my fist way, way back. I'll take careful aim and I'll let go. Look at these lovely, lovely wallpaper samples. Mm. They're so pretty. Mm. Hey, Mom, no, it's not that bad. Which concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up in the next block. <laughs> Well, sir, the evening meal has been over only a little while as we enter the small house halfway up to the next block now. And here in the living room, we find all our friends assembled, including Uncle Fletcher Rush, late of Dixon, Illinois. Uncle Fletcher is speaking at the moment. Listen. Can't we all <coughs> sit in a row on the Davenport? Then everybody can look at the photographs at once. Mm-hmm. Four makes a pretty tight squeeze of it, Uncle Fletcher. You can sit in my lap, Rush. <laughs> Thanks, but maybe I better not. Heavy as a horse. Drop a chair, Willie. Yeah, that's the best idea. Oh, what photographs are we going to look at? Photographs, snapshots, pictures, and knickknacks by landlady Miss Color dug out of her trunk this afternoon. What'd that do with a half-wit box? Left it in the hallway, I think. Climb up. I'll go get it. Fine. You're a good boy. <laughs> sure. He's a good boy. Uh-huh. You showed us a batch of photographs way last summer, Uncle Fletcher. Fine. These aren't the same ones, are they? Fine. Delicious supper, Sadie. Did taste kind of good. Potatoes could have been mealier. Yes, yes, they could. That's right. I ate like a hungry baboon. Sorry I spilled gravy on my necktie, though. Oh, that was all right. Uh, no darndest thing you ever saw. I go along 20 years without spilling gravy on my necktie, and then get invited to take supper at my niece's house and go to work and spill gravy on my necktie. Can be cleaned. Not at all, Sadie. It wasn't your fault. Thanks, Rush. This ain't a very substantial box you got to keep your photographs in. You know what come in that box? Brick mush. Hit the nail right on the head. Brick mush did come in that box. You're a good boy. Uh-huh. All right, Vic. Here's the first picture. This is my landlady, Mrs. Keller. Hey, just Take a second, it. Uncle Fletcher, till I draw up a chair. Beg pardon? I say just a second till I draw up a chair. Sit in my lap if you want to. Oh, I believe a chair would be better. He can sit on my lap if he wants to, Sadie. Uh-huh. All right, here's my landlady, Mrs. Keller, taken in Boone, Iowa. Boone, Iowa used to be her home. These are the same snapshots you showed us last summer. Boone, Iowa is a thriving city. I think so. Never been there myself. Been to Sioux City. 
Sandwood, Clinton, and Autumn never quite hit the bull. What's the trouble, Rush? Just pulling up a chair to sit on. Go right ahead. You comfortable, Sadie? <laughs> no. Fine. Shove over, can't you? Uncle Fletcher's taking up all the room. Push him a little. All settled now? Uh-huh. That's Miss Keller there in the first picture, huh? Mrs. Keller, taken in Boone, Iowa. I've never been to Boone, Iowa myself. Been to Sioux City, Stanwood, Clinton, and Autumn, but never quite hit Boone. I've had fellas say to me, you must be joking with all that talk about never being in Boone. But I can sit here on this Davenport and look you straight in the eye and put my hand on my heart and tell you I've never been in Boone and I'll be telling the straight, honest truth. I have never in all my life ever been to Boone, Iowa. Think of that. No, sir. Give him a little shot. He led you over. I know. Uh, all these snapshots up on the floor. Uh, this don't give you much of an idea about Boone Isle because it only shows Miss Keller stand beside a telephone pole. But the picture was taken in Boone Isle. Well, I can tell Edward what it says underneath here. What's it say underneath that, Rush? Um, Rudolph R. Feezy, artistic photographer, Boone Isle. There you are. Mm-hmm. Now here. Oh. Sadie, recognize this lame brain? Well, pass it over to me once. Might be Wilson O. McCurdle. Might be Ed Creep. Might be Harry Thompson. Mm-hmm. Comfortable, Vic? Hey, you bet. Delicious supper tonight. Bread was stale. Milk was sour. Dessert was rotten. Yes, sir. Is that Wilson O. McCurdle? I don't think I ever saw the man before. Uh-huh. Wilson O. McCurdle. Now, there was a fellow for you. Russ, you like oranges. Like them a lot. Wilson old McCurdle. He liked oranges? Liked oranges better than his job, by George. How you mean? Mike's an interesting story. Comfortable, Sadie? <laughs> no, I'm getting squeezed to death. Fine. I'll say. Take off your shoes if you want to. Uh, no, thanks. Rick, take off your shoes. I'm doing fine, Uncle Fletcher. Rush? I believe I'll leave mine. Uh-huh. Now, here we have a group of six fellas that used to chum around together in Belvedere, Illinois. Edson Foss, John L. Stack, Pete Spatchley, Simon Fulperman, Charlie Slasher, and myself. Here I am. Uh-huh. Vic? Uh-huh. Sadie? Uh-huh. Notice the funny hat I got on? Yeah. Still got that hat around the place somewhere. Must have left it in Dixon. I'd certainly recognize it if I saw it. Spilled gravy on that hat. You spill gravy on your hat? Uh-huh. Strike it, comical? <laughs> sure does. You probably got the idea I was eating my supper with my hat on, tried some acrobatic stunt. Fact of the matter was, I had my hat in my lap. Oh. Sitting in a restaurant, see? Had my hat in my lap, went to work and spilled gravy on it. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Us six fellows in this picture used to chum around together a good deal there in Belvedere. Edson Foss and Charlie Slasher dead now. Get the bucket years ago. John L. Stack never did know what become of. He bought a ticket for Lansing, Michigan one Saturday afternoon and never come back. Now, whether he's still in Lansing, Michigan or gone off someplace else, I haven't the slightest notion. Pete Scratchley, understand, lives with his married daughter, Duluth, Minnesota. Simon Fulperman, still in Belvedere, get a Christmas card from him every Christmas. Talented fellow, Simon Fulperman. He can preach a sermon, do a card trick, Scrape off a tune on the violin all at the same time. Also, great hand to tease the ladies. Everybody seen all they want through this photograph? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See what we got next now. 
but I don't know. Hmm. Another fellow I don't know. Hmm. Still another fellow I don't know. Hmm. Three fellows I don't know. One of them said was colored dug up these photographs. Sadie, here's three fellows I don't know. Want to hand them to your mother, Russ? Sure. Uncle Fletcher, do you remember way last summer the four of us sitting out on the back steps looking Wilson old McGirdle again, by George. How'd he get in here twice? He the man that liked oranges so much? Liked oranges, Bernie liked his job even. Matter of fact, he quit his job because he liked oranges so much. How was that? Makes a darn interesting story. I'd like to hear it. Uh-huh. There were those three fellas I don't know, Sadie? Yes. I better put them back in the pile so they don't get lost. Back there, Mrs. Keller's property. Mm-hmm. Here you are. Well, don't hurry about them. Examine them as long as you please. I've examined them enough. Three fellas I don't know. Mm. Uncle Fletcher, Smelly Clark was telling me the other day his uncle... Smelly's a good boy. Uh-huh. He was telling me his uncle's... Smelly's all right. Sadie, snapshot of Delmer Chunk. Really? Delmer was an old boy of yours, wasn't he? Old boy of Bessie's. Oh, is that the way of it? I know he was an old boy of somebody's. Who did he finally marry? Ethel Harsher. Don't place the name. She wasn't a Dixon girl. Belvedere girl? No, I don't think so. Starting girl? Could have been. Poison girl? Maybe. Decal girl? Golly, I don't believe I remember. Most likely Sycamore girl. Yes. Uh-huh, Sycamore girl. Vic, Dalmer Chuck, old boy Sage. Uh, old boy Bessie's. Fine. Comfortable rush? You bet. But don't pay any attention to me if you feel like taking your shoes off. Okay. Uncle Fletcher, I asked you a minute ago if you remembered way last summer when the four of us sat Wilson O'Mcgirdle again, by George. Yeah. Makes three pictures of Wilson O'Mcgirdle in this pile. <laughs> he liked oranges quite a good deal, didn't he? He liked oranges enough, so he quit his job over oranges. Well, what happened? Makes a darn interesting story. Well, what do you know about this? Mrs. Keller's father stand beside the telephone pole in Boone, Iowa. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Keller's father stand beside the telephone pole in Boone, Iowa. Mm -hmm. I've never been to Boone, Iowa myself. I've been to Sioux City, Stanwood, Clinton, and Ottumwa, but never quite hit Boone. I've had fellas come up to me on the street and say, where do you get off after this big talk about never being in Boone, Iowa? Hard for some people to get stuff through their heads, see. They'll insist I've been to Boone, Iowa. Mm -hmm. But I can sit here on this Davenport and look you straight in the eye and put my hand on my heart and tell you I've never been to Boone, Iowa, and I'll be telling the absolute, straight, honest truth. Mm -hmm. I have never in my whole life ever been to Boone, Iowa. Those. Hmm. Which concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up in the next block.